the Lou and Matt podcast. Yeah, welcome along to the Lou and Matt podcast. Not a happy camper at the moment, though, Lou, with um, with uh, what we now know are the grass seeds that are causing me and a number of other people on the border tremendous problems with hay fever. Never been worse. Mm, grass pollen. I, I actually thought that the pollen would be worse when... Um when the grass seeds are dried off, but apparently not. It's because they're flowering. The grasses are flowering at the moment, and that's why you're you're suffering, you poor thing. Yeah, but you don't. You don't get it. Well, do you know, it's funny. I have in previous years always gotten it quite badly, and this year at the moment, touch wood, um, I seem to be going okay. We talked to an expert, um, and uh, he's an associate professor at a university and he loves all things pollen. So we talked to him about <laughs> it and why it's so bad and all of that kind of stuff. And you'll hear it in this podcast. Uh, plenty of other stuff as well, obviously, but COVID-related stuff, it's hard to. Well, it's hard to avoid at the moment <laughs> yeah, considering is. we actually have cases on the border. Plenty and, of and, cases. Yeah, and, um, and schools are closing for deep cleaning whenever, if there's a case identified there. So um, I did find out, though, that it is generally just for contact tracing and then cleaning. It usually takes between one and three days okay, before they reopen again. Yep. So that's good. They're not yep. like shutting them down for the duration. All right. Now, speaking of uh, schools and kids and parenting, we'll kick things off with our parenting expert who talked about what it's like, you know, for kids at the moment, going in and out of school and at home and mm. all sorts. So here he is, our parenting expert, Dr. Justin Coulson. <laughs> Dr. Justin Coulson is our parenting expert. We always turn to him when we need to know what to do with our kids. And I think at the moment, um, our kids have had it really tough, especially here on the border, um, with school being being off for a long period of time. They were home learning. Then school was back on again. Now for a lot of schools, it's back off again because of um, COVID cases. So let's talk to the man in the know, Dr. Justin Coulson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Nice so, to be with you. Justin, um, as I mentioned, you know, it, is, it has just been a really tough time for our kids. Look, it's been a tough time for everyone, but I think for kids, um, especially to have absolutely everything that they've known as in school, if they, if they go to school every day, taken away from them for quite a long period of time. So they've adapted a little bit to home learning and now they're back at school. So how do we negotiate that transition for them? I don't know that there's an easy answer here, Lou. I mean, the reality is children thrive when life is predictable and everything makes sense. And right now, uh, (laughs) there's nothing predictable about this. And just because school is back doesn't mean school's back because as Mm -hmm. you've seen on the border, there's schools that are open for a day and then they're closed because there's been a positive case and there's going to be a deep clean and everyone's going to be home for a day or two and then we're going to try again. And it's really really discombobulating, uh, which is... I just want to pause for a second. Uh, Has anyone ever been combobulated? I've I've only ever known people to be discombobulated. I think I'm um, discombobulated fairly often, but anyway. I don't know if I've ever... How are you going? Yeah, I'm combobulated. Thank you. Anyway, it's really really challenging for children because of the lack of predictability there. And and what we need to do as parents is is really just kind of be that safe, secure space for them. And when things get tricky and challenging, we... We literally give them a great big hug and say, I oh, know it's really challenging, isn't it? It's really tough. We don't try to fix it. We don't try to promise that it's all going to be better tomorrow. We just say, it, it, it's, it's really hard. And when they say, it is, and I don't know what to do, we say, well, what do you reckon we can do? And you give them a great big hug. And, and it's kind of, the research around this shows that if we can have what we would call acceptance as our mindset, it is what it is. And we're not saying it's good. We're not saying it's bad. It just is. Mm-hmm. Let's see what tomorrow brings. And maybe tomorrow will be better. And if it's not, that's okay. Because 
it is going to be better eventually. So we're just going to ride this day by day. It's like the waves of the ocean. They come in, they go out. Sometimes they dump you, but most of the time they're really fun to play with. And and that's kind of the approach that I'd be encouraging, just yeah. a really accepting kind of approach. So we've got to be combobulated to help their discombobulation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very exactly nice. Right. Um, I like that. Hey, Justin, uh, Parental Guidance, it, it debuts, it premieres on Channel 9 on Monday. Uh, tell us about this TV show where you are the expert. Oh, it's such an exciting show. So basically, I mean, there's so many different parenting styles out there, all sorts of parents trying to do it their way. And we've got 10 sets of parents who uh, really believe that they're doing a great job for their kids and a great job in their family. We've put them under the microscope. We've held a mirror up to them. And it's really scary when you watch yourself. I don't know if you've ever seen a video of yourself that you've taken on your phone when you're hanging out with the kids. You're like, oh, did I really say it like that? Do I really sound like that? Uh, We've got 10 sets of parents who are saying, we're going to do this. We're not just going to do it in front of the mirror. We're going to do it in front of the nation and and they go through some really really fun and interesting and difficult and provocative challenges with their families and then we all sit around and we watch what they've done and together we talk about it with the aim to find the parenting style that is going to be the best parenting style to help us all to raise our kids to be happier and more resilient wow sounds amazing so um justin is it just um how often is it on is it just multiple episodes i'm guessing yeah, yeah, that's right. So it starts on Monday night next week, Monday the 1st of November uh, on Channel 9. And it's a, it's a great family show and it's had a family time as well so we can watch it together. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many episodes there are. That's, that's state secret sort of stuff. But it is going to go for the next few weeks and there's going to be just loads and loads of incredible activities and challenges and awesome. conversations. Smacking, is it okay? Is yeah, it not? Yeah. What do you do about stranger danger in a park? Uh, how far should you p- push your kids to do things that are hard? Should you make your kids eat dinner at a fancy restaurant when they don't like the oysters or the snails? Like, it's just going to be so much fun. Awesome. Dr. Justin Coulson, thank you. We can't wait to see it. Parental guidance. It's on Monday night. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. And now it's time for... It's Matt's Curiosity Show, Lou. Mm. Uh, now, uh, let's get to a couple of curious facts first. Uh, did you know, Lou, that a teaspoon of neutron star, that's the collapsed core of a giant star that's run out of fuel, right. a teaspoon of neutron star would weigh around 6 billion tonnes. A teaspoon. A teaspoon. True. Oh. That's true. Uh, speaking of spoons, the ancient Greeks were the first people who made a recognisable porridge from oats. That's not how you make porridge. Shut up, kid. Remember that ad? No. Oh, that oh was yeah, that the was 80s. The, yeah, I yeah, do it's actually. Nor how you make porridge. Yeah. And he's like, shut up, little Timmy, and eat the porridge. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for the most important segment of the show, and that is hay fever. It's <gasps> worse. Well, actually, good point. <clears throat> but I'll do that. ever before. I've seriously never, ever had hay fever this bad as I've had this year. It's been horrific. Yeah, I'm, a lot of people are complaining of the hay fever at the moment. Like, really, Glad really, you mentioned really that. bad. Because I put the question up on our Facebook page and that is the exact response that we got. Uh, Michelle said, yes. I said, you know, is it worse than ever before? She said, yes, my boys are very uh, sneezy, sniffly, etc." Uh, Kylie said, my son is terrible and none of the hay fever meds work for him. Um, Gillian says, bloody hay fever, my face aches, my nose runs. 
Uh, Colleen Ooh. says, yep, it just started yesterday. My husband is on steroids for this. For Terrible. His. Um, how about Julianne? Spent the weekend in bed. Nothing works till mid-December. <gasps> oh, the poor thing. Linalda, yep, can't stand the smell of crepe, myrtle and begonia. Oh, there you go. They must be her things. So there we go. Um, it's worse than ever before. And it's ruining my life at the moment, to be honest. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm Is it just making you just blow your nose all the time? Are your eyes itchy? Yes, my eyes are itchy, and I'm always on the verge of sneezing, which in this new COVID world oh, is never a good look. No, it's not a good look. You're so right. Uh, coming up next, though, I've decided to chat to an expert. Oh, we love an expert. An associate professor from the University of Melbourne. He's the coordinator of Melbourne Pollen Count and Forecast, which looks at the whole of Victoria, not just Melbourne. He's going to tell us if it, if it is actually worse than ever before. And I've chased down an expert, associate professor Ed Newbigin from the University of Melbourne. is the coordinator of the Melbourne Pollen Count website that has pollen details on the whole of Victoria. And he joins us. Ed, good morning. Good morning to you. Hi, Lou. Hi, Matt. Hello. Now, um, uh, yesterday, the uh, the post on our Facebook page um, had a lot of people saying they feel worse than ever before. And um, the Melbourne Pollen Count um, uh, website, you popped onto our Facebook page and put up a map, and that map showed that northeast Victoria was worse than anywhere else in Victoria. Why are things bad at the moment, and has it ever been this bad? Okay, so... Important thing to note there is what what the forecast is about is not pollen, but it's about grass pollen. Okay. The grasses are flowering at the moment, and uh, you've got you're in in some pretty awesome uh, grazing areas around there. So you've got lots of sheep, and you've got cattle, uh, and it's just famous for its uh, for its contribution to the pastoral industries. But the downside of that is that you've got a lot of grass around as well. And that, those grasses are flowering, and people have got allergies to those pasture grasses. So, and uh, it, it, I guess the other, taking that to a further limit, it's also not too far away from you there, uh, places like Wagga and so on. We know that we also get outbreaks of thunderstorm asthma, oh. uh, which is associated also with, with grass pollen. Uh, and so you're in that season of year where you where people in that area uh, are liable to uh, experience hay fever uh, because of their allergy to grass pollen but you can also get um, asthma so asthma is also associated with uh, allergic conditions so often people with asthma will have yep. hay fever as well yeah uh, and that's all just part of the same parcel and at the extreme end of that is thunderstorm asthma as well so is it because the the forecast is fairly dire, as you said, for our region because <coughs> we've got so much grass? Is yep. it is it worse this year? Because people are saying locally that it's definitely worse. Is it because we've had so much rain and we've got so much grass? Well, you wouldn't be the first person on the planet to have observed that the grass grows better when it's wetter. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well done, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, that's that's exactly okay. true, and you can and you can observe that from. Uh, satellites, so satellites up there scanning the earth every day, taking photographs, and uh, one of the measures of um, how much grass is around in places like yours where there's uh, general tree cover, there's trees around, but there's a lot of pasture yep, land, yep. which is full of trees, uh, is 
uh, images in that green region of the spectrum, and they're pretty good at the moment up around, up around your area. So it's looking like it's okay. going to be a good grass pollen season. Your part of the world. Yeah, well, Great for the cows, not so good for the humans. suffering from it now. We need another oh. drought, Lou. That's <laughs> All right, thank you so much for that. So it is uh, worse, and that is the reason it's wet. There's lots of grasses around. Now, the Melbourne Pollen Count website is a great resource because um, you've got a daily map there, don't you, to, to show what the situation is. Yeah, so we update that daily. Uh, we don't do any pollen counts in Albury, Wodonga, which is a real shame. Uh, our nearest site to you is a town called Dookie, which is not too far away from Shepparton. Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, a pollen count in Wagga, which people can look at. Okay. And a little bit further away from that, there's Can- uh, Canberra as well. So there are other resources around which can give you uh, more on-the-ground details right. as to what the grass pollen is. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, there's nothing in Albury or Donga. Uh, we get the picture. Yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Uh, Associate Professor Ed Newbigin from the University of Melbourne. Thank you so much for that. Cheers. Pleasure. Pleasure. So there we go. We're a bit stuffed. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quite, we're, in poly- we're in grass pollen central it's right triple here. M. <laughs> so lately, Matt, I've been practising a lot of um, positivity and, and gratitude. Just I've been all about how grateful I am okay. to live where we do. Yeah, yeah. It's that's beautiful. It's peaceful. It's yeah. private. Anyway, I was driving home thinking about how gorgeous the hills are at the moment, all green, because we've had so much rain. Beautiful. The odd yellow daisy. Okay, it's Cape Weed, but it's still pretty. Um, <laughs> and, and there it was, Matt, on the road right oh. in front of me. Admittedly, it was looking a little bit worse for wear. Oh, no. A red-bellied black snake. My first sighting for the season. <laughs> Your nemesis. Oh. Where's my dramatic It just sound? ruined. Thank you. Such a mood killer. Like seriously, I saw it and I and automatically kind of avoided it because I didn't know initially what it was. But by the time it it actually clocked in my brain that it was a, a red belly black snake, but I still didn't run over it because I always try and avoid them. I know people say to me, I "Run over them." Well, I don't. But someone else had already. You run- said it was worse. Yeah, for it, so someone else had already run over this rub one. Rub it in, Lou. It was um it was <laughs> coiled on the road, so it uh, obviously had been hit by another car, but. Um, quite a decent size red belly black too. But it's not those you've got to worry about. No, Have you seen not, a brown no, yet? No, Have you seen a brown? No, no, here, Come on, I need Lou. To, no, I need to talk to you about this because, um, no, we only see at our place in our yard mm. red belly blacks, which so is awesome. they're eating the brown snakes. Yes. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're eating all the brown snakes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've only ever seen red, red belly blacks in our That's actual good. yard. I've seen browns crossing the road oh, like a few years ago. There was a massive brown not that far from our place. Oh, it was huge. It's, I swear <laughs> it went from one side of the road to the other. It was enormous. Anyway, so, yeah, I just, you know, it. I know it had to happen, but did it really had to ha- have to happen right now? Seems so early, but it's not really. How many of the world's poisonous snakes does Australia have, Lou? Uh, most poisonous? 20 of the top 25 most venomous snakes are found in Australia. <laughs> Got to so, take the good with the bad, Lou. <laughs> sure. Um, so anyway, I just I, I guess it was just a little reminder. Look out for them if you are out bushwalking or riding your bike along a dirt track or something. They're out and about getting the sunshine. From 1987, a time when security was lax at airports, Lou, there was no such thing as wearing masks either. You could travel where you want, when you wanted. 
it was free and easy back mm. in 1987. Uh, of course, the situation is very different right now, but international travel is on, at least from New South Wales, from literally a, a week's time, the 1st of November, with no quarantine on return. But there are some very specific requirements initially uh, until early next year. Um, so let's find out with uh, Renee from Hello World Travel, who has joined us a number of times during this pandemic. Morning, Renee. Morning. I tell you what, this is probably the happiest I've been chatting to you through the pandemic. It's starting to move in the right direction, isn't it? Oh, most definitely, Renee. So from November 1, um, we can travel internationally, but as as, uh, Matt said, there are lots of provisos. So where can we go and what do we need to do? So at the moment, Lou, we're looking at LA and London, but I guess it's a really, be very careful. Don't go out and buy an airfare straight away. The main focus of November is to get Australian travellers home, as well as opening up our gateways. But we're we're trying to bring those Aussies home that have been stranded for such a long time. So we had to open up some networks to bring them in. Um, But but yeah, look, it's definitely moving in the right direction. You can go to the States, you can go to London without quarantine if you're in New South Wales. And we're just waiting for Victoria to catch up and hopefully follow the the same set of rules for November. Yeah, and you have to fly on Qantas and Jetstar initially. So will that be the case pretty much all the way till the end of the year? Oh, we're seeing a lot more aircraft start to come in in December. So from the international travel ban date, uh, which is supposed to be from 17, 18 December, we're seeing a lot of carriers come back in. So that's when Hawaiian Airlines and all of those favourites that we've flown with in the past will start coming back into Sydney and then into Melbourne. I wonder how many of those aircraft are going to have flat batteries when they hop in to have a... Uh, to have a go, you know, they've been sitting I'm for a long time. Be checked, <laughs> I think they'll just be so happy to be back up in the air, Lou. I think they're doing, I know, what they're, doing you know, their purpose. Imagine <laughs> if you left your car sitting for that long without starting Don't it every start now and then. Stuff like that. No, not that it'll be. Not that <laughs> it would be. Oh, they would be completely safe, but you know what I mean. Just sure. a bit hard to start, maybe. <laughs> um, now, Renee, one of the other things that I think anyone that's going to travel internationally will be interested to hear about is travel insurance. Are we going to be able to get good coverage now that COVID's here? Yeah, you can, Lou. What what we we work with a company that does offer an element of COVID cover. So if you were to get COVID, uh, if you were to contract it when you're overseas and you have to be hospitalised, all of that is in the policy. Okay. We don't have a policy that will cover the the border closures at the moment. Right. The Hello World are working on it, but that that's still very unknown with the border closures. But to be able to have cover that if you got sick before you left and you were able to cancel, that's all in a policy as of now. Oh, yep. that's excellent. Right. Yeah. Um, one final thing, and, and that would be um, the cost. So will the cost be astronomical initially? No, it's it's no. actually really... No, it's, it's really good to see uh, an Emirates Airfare in May... 2100. So we're not going to see those $1,400 airfares that we did see pre-pandemic, but, I mean, 2100 to Europe's not astronomical yeah, at all. Right. And travel that's insurance good. is pretty reasonable. Oh, too, good. So. All right. So you can definitely do it. So put 2022 back on your travel list because it's possible. Oh, fantastic, Renee. Well, as you said, it's so good to be talking to you about good news for the travel industry and congratulations on keeping going through these yeah. last 20 months. Honestly, Thank I can't you. even imagine... <laughs> how difficult it, it must have been for you. Thank you. We've been so well supported in the community and, and, I mean, you guys have chatted to me time and time again, so thank you very much as well. It's, it's great to be back. Yeah, All right, Renee from uh, Hello World Travel, thanks for the chat and looking forward to getting out of the country. 
Sounds good. Thanks very much. Now, it's not too late for you to nominate, too, for um, the Great Aussie Songbook. So if you want a song specifically to appear in our Great Aussie Songbook, you need to get on it. But by nominating, you can get for yourself the awesome barbecue pack from Barbecues Galore. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen this, Matt? It's, it's got awesome. It's got so much great stuff in it, including um, the Ziggy Triple Grill, which is $948 worth of barbecue. Then there's all the accessories and yummy stuff to put on your steaks. It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so. barbecue better this summer with Barbecues Galore. They've got the tools and the gear to fire up this barbecue season. Shop online at barbecuesgalore.com.au. So you need to go to triplem.com.au, as you said, Lou. And and then you've got to think of the right song to nominate. So I've just been going through. Now we've both been been doing this, giving up some, uh, giving you some options as yep. to what songs you could choose. But these three that I've I'm going to throw out there, I just think are right up there in the upper echelon of beautifully written songs. And that's what you know. To me, the okay. songbook is all about. It's about beautifully written Aussie songs. For example, this absolute classic. You door, Paul Kelly, we've all heard it a million times and I never get sick of it. But what I love about it is that story about the bloke who's got the drinking problem and he and he has trouble with the relationship. They break up and it's got these this uh, these lines here, Lou. She went to her brother's, got a little bar work. He went to the buttery, stayed about a year. Now, buttery thing used to get me for ages because I was thinking, what the hell was, was he saying? I thought he said nunnery. I was like, Which oh, also would have been a nunnery. Yes, but the buttery right. is a drug and rehabilitation clinic on the north coast of New South w- of Wales. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's where he went. And then he, he gets in his he taxi. Got and himself he tr- together. Drives off to her door and he hopes that it's all going to work out. And I presume it did, did Luke, but then they probably broke up. You like a year to think later. it did. Yeah. Um, now, this one, again, is the song that we've all heard a million times, but just for the way it's written. Oh, Don Walker, uh, lead uh, uh, main writer of Cold Chisel, also played the piano as well. Um, now, just have a listen to this um, this part of the song. I, I love this. Just the way that it's about a bloke who goes back to his old hometown and it's about lost love because he's broken up with his lady and he's in a bar and he's talking crap with his mates and then it says this. And there's a girl falling in love near where the pianola stands with a young local factory auto worker just holding hands. And I'm wondering if he'll go or if he'll stay. Oh, that is beautiful. Don Walker, honestly, one of the best um, songwriters it's in Australia. He's a story, real storyteller, isn't it? And yeah. speaking of stories, this, I think, has to, has to get in there. I, I think personally. And can you tell me, Don, do why I still can't get to sleep? The night time's just a jungle dark and a barking. Yeah, it's only 19, still one of the most poignant songs that's oh, ever been written. It gives me goosebumps whenever I hear it. Uh, Red Gum's lead vocalist, guitarist John Schumann, wrote the song based on experiences he heard from veterans, yep. particularly his brother in law. Um, and he said, Schumann said that the power derives from the detail provided by my mate and brother-in-law, Mick Storen, who was brave and trusting enough to share his story with yeah. me. Three beautifully written songs there, Lou. Very amazing. Yep. All, all deserving like of being in the Great Australian Songbook. What do you think? Go to triplem.com.au and nominate today. You've only got a couple of days to do it. We're going to play the songbook back on Friday. The Lou and Matt Podcast. 
And that's it for the early Lou and Matt podcast, our Tuesday version. There's another one coming up in a few days, Lou. But we will catch you tomorrow morning from 6 on the Borders 105.7 Triple M.